Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess Romero is here with me, but I asked him to do me a favor. I'm going to have him do his normal first segment with the, with the gospel, but uh, he's going to be my guest, and he, we're going to be talking about immigration. What's the Catholic position on immigration and the border crisis? Because it is a crisis, and how do we as concerned Christian Catholics, uh, Catholic Christians, you know, see this, and how do we, how do we respond to this crisis? So that'll be our, our topic for the day, but we always have soul food for us. And I want to wish everybody a happy Easter Thursday. This whole week we've been celebrating Easter because we call it the octave of Easter. And what's nice about this, Jess, is all the readings the whole week long have been so rich in salvation history, really. It's been teaching us the meaning and purpose of life and how we uh, have to see the life and death of Christ on the cross as our way to heaven and that he is the only way to go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. And so uh, let's go ahead and get some soul food, Jess, on uh, it'll be chapter uh, 24 of Luke, chapter 24, verse 35 to 48. If you could read that and do your normal catechesis on that, that'd be great. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. The disciples of Jesus recounted what had taken place along the way and how they had come to recognize him in the breaking of the bread. So notice, it was at a mass celebration by Jesus. Mm -hmm. It was That's where their eyes were open to the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist yep. and the real presence of Jesus being divine and risen from the dead in a glorified body. While they were still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. By the way, St. John Chrysostom says that when a disciple goes into somebody's house and says, Peace be upon this house, St. John Chrysostom says that God just literally dumps mm -hmm. grace into that house. So I tell men all the time, when you walk into your house because you're a disciple of Christ and you have headship, once a day uh, in your house, say, may the peace of Christ be upon this house. Say it once a day and have God will just dump grace into your house because you're, his, you're a disciple of Christ and you have headship. It says, but they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Then he said to them, why are you troubled? Why, and why do questions arise in your hearts? So notice this dispels the myth that Jesus Christ was just an illusion, that he was just a hallucination, that he was just a ghost, a phantasm. No, this he had a, a, his same body, but it was renewed. It was glorified. How do we know? Look what the Bible says. Jesus said, look at my hands and my feet, that it is myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see, I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed, he asked them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. He took it and ate it in front of them. Now, here's my comment. A ghost cannot, a ghost doesn't get hungry, first of all, okay? Because they don't have a body. They don't have a digestive system. And a ghost is not going to ask for anything to eat. Mm -hmm. This is, again, just more biblical evidence that Christ rose again in his glorified body, the same body that you saw crucified. 
He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. In other words, he's talking about the over 300 messianic verses in the Old Testament that are directly fulfilled by the person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and no other. It says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. That that's powerful. Powerful. Open my mind, Lord, every day. Amen. And and that and by the, by the way, that's why when we pray for somebody for for somebody to receive the grace of conversion, what are we actually praying? We're asking God to open their mind. This is exactly what a prayer of conversion for somebody else, your kids, an apostate Catholic, when you pray to God for the to merit the grace of conversion for them, you're asking God specifically what it says here to open their minds. Why? Because demons darken the intellect. And it says, And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations. And by the way, that's the message that has to be preached, not global warming, not uh, false Amen. ecumenism, not anything else. The, the message is repentance and the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. It says, would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My final comment is this, Terry. All of us are, every single one of us, as we read the gospel every day, go to mass every day, right. listen to God's word. You're either a dismiss on the to Christ's right or you're a guestus you're on Christ's left you're either living salvation history or you're living damnation history the choice is yours to live salvation history is to live in a state of sanctifying grace to live in damnation history is to live in a state of mortal sin. I'm done. Well said, Jesse. And I always say, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. The gospel all week long has been speaking the truth so clearly that, it, yes, it's going to offend some people. But you know what, Jess? The truth is going to do that. It's what sets us free. The truth, yes, it's going to. people are going to reject it. But, you know, we can't control that. What we can't control is what we say and do. And this is going to bring up the topic of what Fulton Sheen has to say today. So let's bring the smart Fulton Sheen ahead. And this is a good thought for all of us. Yes, myself, everybody listening. And he uses analogies that I think are fair. Bishop Sheen says, life is like a cash register in that every account, every thought, every deed, like every sale is registered and recorded. This is just something I thought years ago that is so important to put in our mind every day. And that is, you know, God is watching everything we do. Mm -hmm. He's recording it. Now, just some people say, oh, Terry, you're being too. No, God can be. He's omnipotent. Just he can do it for every all billions and billions of souls. He knows everything. So don't think that you're going to go online and say, oh, nobody's watching. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. No. God is there. This is why living in the presence of God is the key to a successful life living according to the gospel. Because then you realize your guardian angel's with you, God is with you, and just ask yourself before you do something, would I really want our lady, our, you know, my guardian angel, God himself, to see what I'm doing? No! 
Don't think you can hide anything from God. This is something I used to share with young people, and they just thought, man, I didn't realize that. Really? Are you kidding me? Yes, God sees it all. And just remember, at our exit interview, that all comes back chapter by chapter. That's all I got to say on Fulton Sheen. Jess, your thoughts? Yeah, Terry, it's it, what you just said. Let me flip over to my Bible. It's in, it's in Matthew chapter 12. Yeah, nothing. Uh, yep. Yeah, everything that we say, everything that comes out of our mouth. That's yeah. why That's why when you speak, try to make sure that your words are what St. Paul calls the sweet aroma of Christ. Amen. Because uh, what what demons are always involved in when they when demons project thoughts, they're always projecting lies, slander, uh, and deception. And so when we project our prayers into the cosmos, we want to project goodness, beauty, and truth. Amen. But look, just like you said, Terry, mm-hmm. the Bible is very clear that again, God sees everything, and everything will be judged. At the bar, at the bar of at, at the tribunal of Christ, Matthew twelve twenty uh, thirty six. I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will render account for every careless word they utter. Ouch! For by your words you will be judged, and by your words, I mean, by, and by your words you will be justified, yeah. and by your words you will be condemned. Exactly. It can't get any clearer than that, Jess. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, as Catholics, we also have to remember that everything that we say and do is is going to be record is recorded. In fact, in the it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay, Amen. the Lamb's Book of Life, uh, Romans chapter two verse six. The Bible says, "For God will render to every man according to his works." In other words, according to what you do. Don't believe in that false gospel where somebody says, I accepted Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior 40 years ago at a Billy Graham crusade. I'm saved. It's done. There's nothing else I have to do wrong. That's just that's just the starting point, what we would call that initial metanoia. But now there has to be, as St. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 5, and Romans chapter 16, verse 26, there has to be obedience to the faith. Obedience to the faith. Yeah. Well said, Jess. And I want to remind everybody, the men's conference is coming up June 18th. Jess Romero, Ruben Nob, and myself will be there. Go to vmpr.org to register for that event. Also, the marriage of conference is coming up on the 7th of May. Uh, you can register on that also. Uh, we've got lots of other activities. I want to just say this, that... When we come back, I'm going to have a great interview with my brother, Jess Romero. I'm going to treat him like I'm interviewing him on a very important topic, the border crisis. I can't think of anybody more knowledgeable on this topic than Jess. This is going to help you talk to your brothers, your sisters, whoever at work, and be knowledgeable about the crisis at the border. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Boy, are we going to get an education on this topic. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Put your seatbelt on because I'm going to be asking Jesse a number of questions that are very important as Catholics and as citizens of the United States. 
I'm just going to set the stage. Jesse was asked by the governor, Ron DeSantis from Florida, uh, practicing Catholic. Hey, Jess, would you do this? Would you go online and I mean on video and answer these questions? Because I want people to know, uh, you know, some good, solid answers to these issue of the border crisis. And Jess said, yeah. So what I thought was, let's just get Jesse to answer him for us here at Virgin Most Powerful. So Jess, my first question I have for you. Has the United States Catholic Bishops Conference talked about our broken immigration policies? First of all, let's set that up straight. Yeah, uh, it was it was Governor DeSantis's office has called me up. They reached good, out to me. Good. Yeah, was it the, the governor well, himself? The, yeah, 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 not yeah, himself. So. I made it sound like he just got yeah, on the yeah. phone and called your cell number. <laughs> yeah, basically, but, when you're a governor. You have a bunch of people that do that kind of stuff. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Terry. To be honest, back in 2012, yeah. Cardinal Timothy Dolan, he sent a letter to the House of Representatives on this uh, on the border crisis. He saw it back in 2012. Yeah. And uh, and and the Congress basically just ignored Dolan's letter. So I'm going to give Dolan credit because he did bring it up. Here's what Dolan wrote in part to the to the Congress back in 2012. Okay. He says, quote, of particular concern to us and our brother bishops is the impact our broken system is having on immigrant families. Children are often the innocent victims yeah. of these policies. Yeah. Well said. That's, uh, that answers that. So that's what they have done. Next question. How about Joe Biden? Has he created, is he responsible for this border crisis? Yes or no? And tell us why. We'll say, I would say, Terry, that it's... Uh, President Biden and his team, mm-hmm. the, the congressional Democrats, uh, their open border policies. But, of course, the buck stops with Biden. So, yeah. The, yeah, he has created him and his team and his party have created the worst border crisis in recorded history. Mm. Over one point seven million illegal immigrants have been apprehended at our southern border since Biden was sworn in. The wow. numbers one point. Seven million illegal immigrants. Now, the number of illegal crossings at the border, it's risen at a faster rate under Biden than at any time in recent history. So President Biden's actions, uh, you know, over the course of his presidency, confirm that the more liberal an administration's border policies are, the more chaos and harm they create for Americans. And as always, who suffers the most? Children suffer most from this failure. Children and women yeah. suffer most from this failure, Terry. Well, Jess, and this isn't asked. My question to you is, is regarding to President Biden. I mean, let's ask, is he breaking laws? Or, or, I mean, can you explain how this, what is he doing to uh, protect us? Because I don't think he is the innocent people here in this country that are legally here. So tell me, is Biden breaking any laws? Here's what I believe, Terry, that uh, the Biden administration, they're actively, yeah. actively breaking federal laws. How? Yeah. By flying illegal immigrants into American cities. They're over here. They fly them over here to Scottsdale uh, in, in this area. In Los Angeles, they're probably scattered all over this L.A. County. But the Transportation Security Administration called the TSA, they're under Biden. They're under his authority. Under his, uh, authority. They've been allowing illegal immigrants to show their arrest warrants in lieu of proper identification. 
Terry, when you go to the airport, yeah. you don't show an arrest warrant. No. Okay. Well, you show your 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 license, driver's of license. Course. So the result is is that under Biden, we have the complete breakdown of the enforcement of basic safety and accountability measures for migrants because there's a report put out by ICE that out of 104,171 migrants, they were issued notices to report to court by ICE between the end of March and the end of August uh, 2021. Guess what? Small. 47,705, <laughs> almost 50% of them failed to report to court within that time frame. Of course. So these practices have made the United States more dangerous by giving people court dates, letting them free in society, and having them appear on their own recognizance, on their own volition. Terry, uh, what's happening is 50% of them are not making their court appearances, and they're scattering throughout the country, and we don't know who they are or what they're all about. Well, that's my next question, Jesse. It's leading into crime. Here it is. Are the Mexican cartels taking advantage of Biden's failed immigration policies? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you think? Uh, not, not only the Mexican cartels, yeah. uh, you, have, uh, you have Putin, yeah. you, have, uh, you have China's president. Everybody's taking advantage of Biden's, again, his, uh, his 50 years as a failed politician. But specifically, let's focus on the drug cartels. Yeah. They're flooding the U.S. with counterfeit pills also. Yeah. There's more counterfeit pills that have been seized so far by law enforcement in 2021 wow. than in 2020 and 2019 put together under Trump. Okay, So with two out of every five pills containing a potentially lethal dose of fentanyl, there's an unthinkable amount of fentanyl and fentanyl-related substances that are streaming across our border from the South as a result of the Mexican cartels that are behind this. So under President Biden's watch, there's more pounds of fentanyl that have been seized at the southern border, again, in 2021, than in the previous two years combined. Unbelievable. So, so, and, and during his campaign, when he was candidate Biden, he promised to what? And the opioid crisis. He would say it over and over again. Well, guess what, Terry? He's actually, he's actually made it worse. And one last thing that I would add, I just read another article from the LA, it was from one of the Los Angeles papers. Uh, they said that 90% of the, uh, of, of the marijuana industry in California is controlled and operated by the Mexican cartels. Does that tell you anything? It tells you everything. Jesse... This concerns me, this next question, because I've had friends that I've talked to where their relatives were murdered by illegal aliens coming across the border. So my question is, is it true that Biden's liberal border policies are adding to crime problems, not just at the border, but here in America? Yeah, without a doubt, uh, there was an article that I read on Catholic Vote that mm -hmm. that really uh, documented this this quite well, that Biden's failed border policies yeah. has increased uh, human traffickers, which are the which are the Mexican cartels, and it's also exploited vulnerable families and the selling of their children into sl sex slavery oh, yeah. to the Mexican cartels. Yeah. Because if they don't have money 
to pay the because you got to pay a fee, a, a sizable fee yeah. to the cartels for them to to, to the coyotes sure. for them to bring it from to, from, the, from Mexico to the U.S. Yeah, through, under, through underground tunnels and and by their they already have their uh, their their routes, the routes. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you don't have the money, what do they end up doing? Because some of them want to come here so bad, they sell their children. Yep. What do the cartels do to your children? They make them sex slaves. Exactly. And, Jesse, we've talked about this. What does the Catholic Church and the catechism of the Catholic Church and just teach about an open border policy? Does, does a nation have a right to have borders? Well, first of all, Sometimes you 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 have the impression yeah. when you hear certain prelates in the Catholic Church, <laughs> yeah. they when you hear them talk, you almost believe that the Catholic Church requires an, an open border policy because that's that's what a lot of these prelates are saying, which is not true. Nope. That's not Catholic. Uh, when people come into a country. Uh, there has to be restraints. Yeah. So if you hear a prelate, a bishop or a priest saying the Catholic Church adopts an open border policy, that's just absolutely not true. Because if you read the actual documents on the subject, they contain important qualifiers that are oftentimes dropped out of the discussion when presented by some individuals in leadership in the Catholic Church. Well said. And I, this kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, specifically, Jesse, catechism verse what? Bible, what what can we say? What does the Catholic Church actually teach about immigration? Does the Catholic Church allow a country to say to regulate the people who come into their country? Yes or no? Okay, I'll, I'll read it to you right from the Catechism. Nope. <laughs> so you're not going to get my opinion. No, you're going right. to read. You're going to read what the actual yeah. Church teaches on this topic. Sure. That, that's oftentimes omitted by our prelates. Twenty two CCC twenty two forty one. It says this, quote, the more prosperous nations, that would be us, are obliged to the extent they are able mm -hmm. to welcome the foreigner in search of the security and the means of livelihood which he cannot find in his country of origin. Public authorities should see to it that the natural right is respected that places a guest under the protection of those who receive him. Political authorities, for the sake of the common good for which they are responsible, may make the exercise of the right to immigrate, here it is, subject to various juridical conditions, especially with regard to the immigrants' duties towards their country of adoption. Right. Immigrants, here it is, are obliged to respect with gratitude the material and spiritual heritage of the country that receives them, here it is, to obey its laws wow. and to assist in carrying civic burdens. It pains me, Terry, when I hear a lot of our bishops talk on this issue yeah. when they're on in front of a television camera. They don't quote 2241. You hear them talk. You almost believe that the Catholic Church has an open border policy, and that is not uh, what the church teaches. Yeah. And Jesse, you, you nailed it. You said it really simple. I know that you quote the catechism uh, 2241. That's a good reference. Uh, but in practical terms, when someone says to you or to your brother or to your sister at the table, wait, we should be open border. We should be allowing people to come in because 
look, we can we can do that, and and they need us. And what what's your initial response to someone who says the idea that we should be as Christians an open border country? Well, once again, we have to be a we're all we're, we're a compassionate country, but we're also a country that's based on the rule of law, and one doesn't exclude the other. So the first thing I would say is that, as the Catechism says, that we have to recognize that there's a limit to the number of immigrants that a nation can absorb. That's Common sense tells you that. Think about your own house. There you go. Perfect example. Even just like downtown in Los Angeles, uh, you know, say uh, a Protestant or a Catholic uh, homeless shelter. If they only could take 40 people, they only could take 40 people. They can't take 60. So no nation or family can absorb an unlimited number of immigrants. Right on. We're going to come back and ask Jesse some more questions about the border crisis that we're experiencing here in the United States of America. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I'm acting like Jesse's someone I called up and said, hey, Jess, I need to interview you about this immigration issue, the border crisis. I want to recommend to our listeners that they take this podcast when it's up tonight and share it with their friends and family because I can't think of a better person who can answer these questions regarding the border crisis and uh, regarding our country right now. So, Jesse... um, this is a good question to ask about Catholic morality and principles. It's can you apply the principle of Catholic moral theology, okay, on the immigration crisis to give Catholics moral clarity? Because you know our Protestant brothers don't have moral theology. So apply that to this topic. Okay, what I'm about to say right now mm-hmm. is it's not popular, and uh, some people will say it's politically incorrect, but it's the correct. Thing to say because it's based on divine revelation mm-hmm. and I'm a practicing Catholic Christian so I appeal to natural law yep. and divine revelation yeah there is in fact a Catholic principle in moral theology which teaches the following it says this quote we can never do evil to bring about good okay so that's that that's a core principle of moral theology in Catholicism we would call that that this is no these are known as uh first principles mm-hmm. we can never do evil to bring about good the this is this principle is 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 taught clearly in the bible in romans chapter 3 verse 8 it's in the bible it's also in the catechism of the catholic church paragraph 1753 where it talks about uh you know a, a good intention, uh, a good intention does not make behavior that is, is intrinsically evil, that is intrinsically sinful and evil, such as lying and calumny, good or just. In other words, the end does not justify the means. We we teach the opposite of secular humanist progressives. They teach like the woke movement, the progressive liberals. They'll teach the end justifies the means that's not catholic moral teaching catholic moral teaching is the end does not justify the means so let me plug into the the illegal immigration issue 
to this understanding of the Catechism, paragraph 1753. Okay? A good intention, now I'm going to insert, for example, that of helping one's neighbor, does not make behavior that is intrinsically sinful and evil, such as lying and calumny, good or just. The end doesn't justify the means. Or let me, let me apply St. Paul's principle to the issue of illegal immigration specifically. You cannot do evil. What is evil? Breaking the immigration law, crossing the border, in order to bring about good, perceived good. Leave your wife and kids for a foreign country to work and make money and send it back home. Okay? Uh, so again, yeah, Terry, the answer is... This, if you plug it into Catholic moral theology, it fails the test. And Jesse, I remember reading in your book the topic of the bishops of Mexico encouraging and telling uh, the people in Mexico not to leave this country because of the salvation of their family. And this question that comes up makes me think of that because here's the question. Jess, when generally, what generally happens when a Hispanic leaves his country of origin his wife, kids, to come to the U.S. to work and, and send money back home in order to eventually bring them to the U.S. So basically, what the bishops said years ago not to do, it seems that uh, they had something. Could you tell us what the bishops said and why this is not a good idea? Back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, mm -hmm. I have some articles that I saved in my file cabinet yep. uh, where the Mexican bishops used to write pastoral letters yeah telling the, the Mexicans, don't go to the U.S. You're going to lose your faith. Yep. You're going to fall into mortal sin, yep. and you're going to lose your soul. Stay with your family and, and grind it out, you know, in poverty, and, 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 but be together. So uh, this isn't mentioned anymore by the, by the Mexican bishops or our bishops. Yeah. Okay? Uh, because here's what happens. When a Hispanic leaves his country of origin... They're now going to leave their kids fatherless and the wife without the physical presence and protection of the husband. Yep. So the Latino male, they enter the U.S. by themselves, replete with every temptation under the sun oh, yeah. to, the, to the 10th power. Yep. Now, let's be realistic, Terry. Oh, yeah. After an illegal immigrant in this country pays his rent, you know, blue-collar salary, yep. he pays his rent, utilities groceries, postage, vehicle, gas, etc. How much money does he actually send his family in Latin or South America? Not much. So it's better to... And the Mexican bishops used to teach this pastorally back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. It's better to remain physically present with your family and grind it out together in your country of origin. Why? The family that prays together stays together, quoting Father Peyton. Yeah. Because, no, I get that. I get that families need money to survive. But what's more important is to have your father and husband physically present with the kids to teach them virtue, even in conditions of poverty. I would argue, Terry, I actually believe that many people, many children in third world countries are less corrupted oh, than cool. children in, in, in industrial countries. And so, because a man's vocation 
is not to make a lot of money and to be rich and famous. A man's vocation is to lead, protect, and provide for his family spiritually and physically like St. Joseph did. Bigamy is a huge problem in the Latino community amongst illegal immigrants. They have a family in the U.S., and then they have a family in South America. This is common. All you have to do is talk to any Catholic priest who hears confession and ministers in a Latino parish. Terry, this is the pink elephant in the living room that nobody wants to talk about, but I will. And Jesse, I have experienced it with my friends. Most of my friends are Hispanic and neighbors. They have, you know, another family back in Mexico. So what you're saying, I've seen it happen over and over again. Let's be honest, Jess. When you leave your family and you come to America, look at the temptations we're talking about. They go to a bar. They meet a girl. Hey, things go develop and... Now now he's got his own family in America, and then he's going to support one in Mexico. It's just better for them to stay put on the level of the family. All right, Jeff. Amen. What do you say there are two main categories when it comes to the immigration debate? Put it simple for us. Keep it simple. Okay. The two main categories in this debate are legal immigrants and illegal immigrants. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's basically those that believe in the rule of law. And lawbreakers, the government, the U.S. government has a moral and legal obligation to protect the due process rights of the people who immigrate here legally. But on the flip side, they have the right, they they should, Biden should, uh, with, with ICE and the power that he has, they have the right to prevent immigration from those who cross borders illegally. Now, this is not anti immigration. This is, in fact, it's a very pro-immigration because it's not Catholic or Christian to advocate for irresponsible immigration. Immigration, to be of any help to immigrants and the host country, requires order. It requires uh, following the rule of law. And it requires prudence. In other words, you can't take in uh, an inordinate amount of people like they're doing right now. Well, let me ask you this, Jess. The issue of health reasons. If somebody comes in and they have a disease, isn't it reasonable for the country to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we have to evaluate your health because we don't want you to infect all of us here in America. And so there's some requirements that need to be made. So by the very fact of having an open door to come in, We don't know what the situation is. And I'll give you one more thing to add to that, Jess. Let's be honest with you. The amount of people that are in jail right now, percentage-wise, there's a high percentage of them that illegally came to America and they've got violent crimes on their record. So my question to you is, doesn't it make sense that we have to vet these people? Yes, Terry. And Biden's not vetting the people, by the way. You know, the way he's so uh, he's so woke on COVID. Just bring anybody uh, in. Yeah, but when it, if you're here illegally, uh, COVID doesn't apply to them. It, yeah. So and so let, let's just be honest. Yeah, be honest. That's there, there's there's a lot of good people from different countries, Mexico included. Yeah. They're trying to follow the rules and they're trying to immigrate to this country legally. But guess what? Their application is kept from is kept from ever being processed because the current census 
doesn't allow for more applications to be processed. Yeah. Why? Because we're being overrun by illegal immigrants, mainly from the Southwest. And how does this affect us in dollars and cents? Our schools, our jails, our welfare, yeah. our hospitals, labor jobs are being pushed to the limit in large part because of the influx of illegal immigrants. Because most people don't realize that the cost of providing social, medical, law enforcement, and educational services to illegal aliens from every level of government is estimated at $113 billion per year. $113 billion per year. So the question would be, well, Jess, how much do undocumented immigrants pay back to the U.S. in taxes a year? Well, according to CEO, this is a liberal organization, a left-leaning research organization, uh, Maria Teresa, CEO and president of Voto Latino, she said undocumented immigrants pay about $12 billion of taxes every single year. Okay? They pay in Terry $12 yeah. billion dollars of taxes. Amount. Yeah. But they, they, they take $113 billion a year in resources. Just the facts, Mr. Romero. Just the facts, our Sergeant Friday. This is amazing, Jess. This is really informative. When we come back, we got a couple more questions on the issue of the border crisis. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We've got more to come on this border crisis. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Those of you watching, yes, this is my grandson. He saw me in the studio, and I want to be with Grandpa, so he's with Grandpa. <laughs> yes, getting back to this immigration crisis, and let's just be frank about this. Um, this is out of hand. It's out of control. We're trying to get a handle on it. But, you know, what you already talked about the cost of this in dollars and cents. Uh, how um, here's my real question. How generous is America versus one hundred ninety eight other countries? Who who's who's actually bringing more people in uh, than anyone else? Well, uh, back in 2012, Senator Marco Rubio, he made a statement mm -hmm. uh, during a Fox News interview. He said. They were talking about immigration. Yep. He said a million people a year come into the U.S. legally. No other country even comes close to that figure. There Guess you go. what? The, the, research, the researchers checked out his figure. Everybody, both right and left, said that was an accurate statement. Marco Rubio made an app. Yeah. Left and right, yeah. the researchers, the policy wonks, they said, yep, that's a true statement. I'll repeat it again. A million people a year come into the U.S. legally, no other country even comes close to that. Amazing. Terry, let me mention something about uh, Cesar Chavez because a lot of oh, people yeah. please, on the left, please, please do. They, they try to take Cesar Chavez as, as, as the patron saint of illegal immigration. So, most people don't know that Cesar Chavez, the... The, 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 the one that unionized the farm workers in the, in, uh, back in the 60s uh, over in California, he was actually a longtime foe of illegal immigration. Why? Well, 
Chavez himself was a third-generation American citizen and a Navy veteran. Although he's become over time virtually the patron saint of the Reconquista movement to reclaim all of the Southwest for Mexico, Cesar Chavez, in his prime, he was an ardent opponent of illegal immigration and he actively fought against the, the importation of strike breakers from Mexico. Why? Because Chavez understood the basic laws of supply and demand. The greater the supply of labor, the less demand, and hence the lower the wages. So, Cesar Chavez openly and actively opposed illegal immigration because it crippled his ability to unionize farm workers and increase their wages. So in 1969, Cesar Chavez actually led a march to the Mexican border to protest illegal immigration. He was accompanied by Senator Walter Mondale and Ralph Abernathy, whom most people will recognize as Martin Luther King's successor as the head of the Southern Leadership Conference. Well, Cesar Chavez demanded that the federal government close the border. He routinely reported suspected illegal immigrants to immigration officials, and Cesar Chavez put his brother in charge of Minutemen-like border patrols. So, remember, as Catholic Christians, having borders is something that defines a country. Going back to biblical history, when the Jews returned back to their homeland after being exiled for 70 years in Babylon, the governor, his name was Nehemiah, he organized the Jews to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem for a city without a wall was hardly a city at all. It could be conquered easily. So let's use what Nehemiah says in the Bible. Let's use some common sense on the border issue. All right. Do you have a front door to your house? I do. I know I do, Terry do. does. Yeah, of course. Do you close it and lock it, especially at night? Every Absolutely. Night. Why? Well, that's the same reason a country must secure its borders. Yeah. Because in ancient times, a walled city was the people's protection against marauders of all sorts. And, and guess what? Most people don't even realize that. That there are walls in heaven. <laughs> the Bible tells us that there are walls in heaven. Why? The walls in heaven afford us the protection. Jesus said, he says, against the dogs, the sorcerers, the liars, the, you know, the unrepentant sinners. So even heaven has walls. Uh, Terry, another thing that I want to add Tell is me. that even a lot of Democrats are starting to jump on board with this. Well, they're seeing the crisis. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to be objective here. You got... Uh, Henry Cuellar, who's a Texas Democrat, but at, at this point right now, Terry, he's basically crossed party lines. Yeah, he's been blasting unelected Joe Biden for for his border policy. Here's what Cuellar said uh, on Fox and Friends. He said this quote: mm -hmm. "Right now, when you talk to men and women in green and in blue, they feel demoralized. They feel that Washington uh, has turned their back." We have to do more for them. This is Cuellar, a Democrat, Henry Cuellar, a Democrat from Texas. He also pointed out that there's a double standard of repealing, uh, of repealing Donald Trump's Title 42, which gave us the most secure border we've ever seen, Terry, in our lifetime. The facts. Yeah. Henry Cuellar, Democrat from Texas, said this, quote, 
you can't say we have a pandemic or a public health issue here, but then but then say everything is fine at the border and then lift the Title 42, which is a health order. You just can't have both. Henry Cuellar also said that 60% of the Border Patrol agents in the Laredo and Rio Grande Valley sectors, he says, quote, are changing diapers, are making food for the migrants, important work, but they don't belong there. They should be out there in the field. Wow. So Henry Cuellar says, the Border Patrol is only working with 40% of our personnel. Incredible. And the Border Patrol, uh, because the, the other the other ones are, are babysitting and changing diapers, Henry Cuellar says, you can bet that the cartels know about this. Yes, let me ask you this about voting uh, people. The, I know he's an exception to the Democratic Party, but don't you think that the Democratic Party in general believe that all these immigrants that are coming are going to be lifetime members of the Democratic Party? That's precisely why they're doing what they're doing. They want to, they they know that most people in America, as they see the way that are literate, that can read, that have common sense, that are people of faith and patriots, mm-hmm. as they see the way Biden is destroying this country yep. brick by brick, they're losing members. People are jumping over to the across the aisle, or they're or they're becoming uh, independents. So they need new blood in the Democrat Party. Right, and so. Like you said many times, it's hard to beat Santa Claus. Exactly. When you get somebody from a third world country, and all they, you know, they don't have a good command of the English language, and and, and they're given perks by this one party. When it comes down time to voting, all they're going to remember: Democrat has give me diapers. Democrat has give me milk. Democrat has give me cheese. Democrat has give me Section Eight housing. That's all they're going to remember, sure, Terry, sure. They're, because they're not they're not deep thinkers. It's not their fault. They don't have a command of the English language, yeah. so they don't really know what's the, the way the Democrats are destroying this country. But let me give credit to another Democrat. Good. Senator Mark Kelly. He's the uh, the astronaut turned senator here in uh, in Arizona, who I believe he, they stole that election as well. I believe he lost. But that's uh, heaven. will have to sort that out. But uh, he's even jumping ship, Terry. Yeah. He's, uh, he's part of the Senate Armed Services Committee. He's criticizing Biden. This is Senator Kelly, Democrat from yeah. Arizona senator. He uh, took a, uh, what's his name? Who did he take? He took a, what's his name? That uh, Not Andy. No, 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 no. Uh, the famous guy, uh, uh, McCain, McCain. McCain, oh, John McCain. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Mark Kelly, this is what he said about the about the, about the border issue. Quote, This is a crisis, in my estimation, because of the lack of planning from the Biden administration. And it's about to get worse. Now, that's a powerful statement to you. I'm going to give him credit. He he also said to Biden, let's come up with a detailed plan and put it in place. And I just haven't seen that. So this is the astronaut turned senator. He said that the Biden administration's response uh, to his concerns about the border has been so far unacceptable he said it's unacceptable what he's doing uh uh, what's uh he says uh at the astronaut turned senator uh mark kelly says quote right now we have a crisis on our southern border right now the biden administration does not have a plan 
I warned them about this months ago, and they do not have a plan on how to deal with the increased numbers. And it's going to be, to be honest, it's going to be a crisis on top of a crisis, close quote. So I give credit to this guy, Cuellar from Texas, this guy, Kelly from Arizona. You got Democrats that are seen, that are being objective, Terry, and they're seeing that the Biden's administration's trying to lift this Title 42 that was implemented by then-President Donald Trump yep. uh, is, 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 is something that's going to hurt this country, hurt our economy, and not help it. Well said, Jess. Let me just wrap this up in summary. Uh, this is going to be a good podcast for our listeners to pick up, send it to your family and friends. Jesse, at one point in your own time, I know this is years ago you talked about it, that uh, you asked your parents, this question, Dad, why are all of us Hispanics Democrat? What was the response you got, Jess? My dad said, he said, you know what? Uh, we were born into this party when we when we came to the U.S. They told us at the parish. They told us at, at, at work in the union hall. Uh, they told us everywhere in the neighborhood, oh, you got to vote Democrat. Hispanics and Catholics are Democrats. He says, so this is something we didn't question. So my dad, this probably, you know, when I was... 25 26 were eating breakfast on a sunday hey, this is 40 years ago he told me he, 35 years ago he says son i don't know why we're democrats why don't you find out and it. and terry that that That's conversation good. started the ball rolling for me yeah and and jesse you just wanted to find the truth you were seeking the truth about whether it's it, in uh, you know the, the yeah parties. i got i got no dog in the fight no. i'm a roman catholic christian follower of christ uh, I'm not going to take any party affiliation with me uh, exactly. uh, to, to the New Jerusalem. No. Nope. And so I, I, I just want to know what party reflects my values while here on planet Earth for a short time. And the best way to do that is to go to the platform of each of the poly, po- parties and see how the Democratic Party votes for killing unborn babies and other things. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm of opinion. I'll say it on the air. You can't be voting Democrat as a Catholic. OK, that's what people get in trouble for. I've been in trouble before. I'll do it again. Yes, Romero, thanks for that interview. That was very informative. I'm going to sh- shift gears from, from immigration to the uh, border crisis to uh, getting to heaven. What state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in the state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. As St. Peter says in the Bible, save yourself from this corrupt generation. And what I tell you, be holy or die trying. Well said, folks. I want to encourage you to go to VMPR to take a look at all the events that we're doing with the men's conference, the marriage conference. And also, just remember our lady said this, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray. Pray for them. Would you pray for those souls? They need the graces to say yes to Jesus. That's the power of prayer. I want to thank you for joining us again for another show. Check this out on the podcast because this is one important interview that will help people understand the immigration crisis. May God bless you. Thank you.